Well, I want to uh, tonight uh, continue. We started, boy, it seemed like just a week or so ago, but it's been several weeks because of um, we had Thanksgiving and then we were gone to uh, the convention. And so it's been a few weeks ago, but we started um, kind of a series working through the first of the year, looking at some, uh, as we look forward to growing into the future, what uh, the church, there are some things that we must keep in mind that uh, are unchangeable. There are some parameters that we must always abide within. And if you remember a few weeks ago, we looked at the Word of God and how the Word of God is utmost. We cannot compromise ever on God's Word. And regardless of what people say, um, we must be faithful to the Word of God. Um, and, and it must be our guide, our uh, our sword. It must be the source of our directions and our hope. And uh, it, it's imperative that we always use the Word of God as our foundation for anything that we do and for any decisions that we make. The Word of God must be our guide. It's the light to our past, and uh, the Word of God must remain foremost. Not our opinions, not man's opinions, and, and, and some, there, some people have great opinions, and there are some other preachers and ministries that have had some great insight, and we thank the Lord for other people's input, but for, first and foremost, the Word of God is our direction, amen? And so we must stay faithful to that. So second of all, we must be faithful, and what I want to look at tonight is being faithful to our purpose as a church, and we must be faithful to what God's uh, purpose is for North Etowah Baptist Church. And so um, it is important that uh, we know what we're to do. We know why we exist. Why does North Etowah Baptist Church exist? And so I think that it's uh, imperative that we know what that is and that we just go ahead and make up our minds and our hearts that from the get-go, we are going to remain faithful to God's purpose for us. And this is important. Uh, a lot of churches, um, in, in the pursuit of growth, in the, in the pursuit of um, gaining membership, they, they shy away and lose sight of what their purpose is. And many churches become things that God never intended for them to be, and uh, for the sake of growth. And so uh, we want to grow. I want North Etowah Baptist Church to grow, not just in numbers, but spiritually in our, uh, in our evangelistic outreach and, and, and baptisms. I want to see our church grow. Uh, but that cannot be our purpose. Our purpose cannot be growth. We must remain that our purpose is faithful to what the Word of God is. And so I want to look at three things tonight that are our purpose as a church. This is not just for North Etowah Baptist Church. This is for any church that God has. These are our primary purposes that I believe we should always seek to remain faithful to and be focal in everything that we do. First is we must be faithful to the gospel. To the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now we already know from last, a few weeks ago that we're to be faithful to the word of God. But the gospel first and foremost must be our focus. 
above programs, and that's what we talked about even when we had our tr uh, trunk or treat and fall festival. I kept asking everyone, how are you going to incorporate the gospel into what you are doing? It doesn't matter if you're popping popcorn, if you're doing registration, whether you had a booth. Somehow we can use that to give people the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the gospel must be focal to everything that we do. And uh, whenever we get to a place where we have ministries and outreach just for the sake of having ministry and outreach, but the gospel is not focal, that is a ministry or outreach that we probably should shut down. Uh, or we need to revamp and get our hearts right because the gospel must be uh, our focus. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. In Romans chapter 1 and uh, verse number 16, the Bible says, uh, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so we should never be ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God for salvation. And if we're not living to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we have missed our primary purpose. And it's that Christ be edified. Uh, it's not that North Etowah have a good name in our community. And I want us to have a good testimony. But our goal is not for people to say, wow, look at North Etowah Baptist Church, what an amazing church. No, I, I, our, what should be said is, look at North Etowah Baptist Church, they have an amazing God. That's what we want people to think of when they think of our church. Because Jesus Christ, the gospel, he is glorified and edified. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16 says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Uh, Paul says, if I do it, I don't have nothing to boast of, but woe is me if I don't. We can't boast for preaching the gospel because it is commanded, it is our duty, but rather, shame on us, woe is me if we don't do it. The gospel must be our focal. And so, uh, no matter what we do as we go forward into the future, and as we go forward trying to uh, reach our community again with the gospel of Christ, uh, we must remember that we are to be faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our music, and, and our discipleship, in our evangelism, in our outreach, in our benevolence, in everything we do, we must remain faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Second of all, our purpose is to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it's also to create, and we must be faithful to maintain discipleship. The church is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But then also the Bible says, go into all the world and teach. We are to teach. We are to disciple. We are to make disciples. And there's really two aspects of discipleship. And I know you know this, and I'm not teaching you anything that you don't know. But, but I just want to re, uh, uh, kind of reaffirm tonight what we already know what we already believe. Discipleship really has two primary aspects that we must remain faithful to. First is, is we must learn how to be disciples. Um, a lot of times we look at discipleship as 
training others, and that is an aspect we'll look at here momentarily. But before I can ever create disciples, before I can ever disciple anyone else, I must first be a disciple myself. I must first be a follower of Christ. And this is something that we do not graduate from. Yes, there comes a point where we go out and we begin to replicate, and we begin to turn the wheel and and start the cycle all over again, where we train disciples to train the disciples, and there is a process to it. But at the same time, it does not matter how young you are or how old you are, we are all to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And the moment and the time in our life where we get to a place where we think that we can't learn anything else, nobody else has anything else they can offer or teach us from the Word of God, we've got it all figured out, we're in a dangerous place to become stagnant and stale in our spiritual walk and to become backslidden in our heart where we are we've turned our back and really we've our faith is no longer in God but our own knowledge and so we should all be careful that we learn how to be disciples and learn how to be greater disciples John chapter 8 verses 31 and beginning verse number 31 the Bible says then Jesus said to the Jews who believed if you abide in me you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And again, Jesus is saying, if you abide in my word, if you are faithful to stay and dwell in my word, abide in it, then you are my disciples. And a lot of Christians, I really believe this, a lot of individuals, they get saved and they start in the word, they start in discipleship, and they they begin to be disciples of God. And then somewhere along their Christian journey, a lot of people get to the place where they think they have it all figured out and they leave the word And Jesus said, you're only my disciple if you abide in the word. And a lot of Christians, I really believe, are no longer, they're saved, they're they're children of God, they're going to heaven, but they are not followers of Christ because they do not abide in his word. They put on the outward appearance of religion and Christianity, but their heart is not what it's supposed to be. And so it is, uh, we must be careful that uh, all of us, that we are, Uh, that we maintain our personal walk with Christ, that we daily become disciples of Christ. And uh, this is important for you, for everyone that's not here, that uh, we we might say, well, I wish they would hear that, but the truth is we need to hear it ourselves. And and the preacher, I I can be guilty of this as, as well. And I know a lot of pastors, most pastors, they say they've done surveys and, and uh, almost a majority of pastors are to the place where they feel that spiritually their walk with God is not what it should be because they spend all their time in the Word, preparing sermons, studying to teach, and they don't have that personal application where they, have, they are personally disciples of Christ. And so it, it, it's important that Yes, we, it's okay if you're a Sunday school teacher, you know, you're, a, you're in ministry, um, that you study to teach, that's okay, we are to study God's Word, but there also should be an aspect of it that we go to God's Word for personal application so that we can learn how to better follow Christ. And so it is important that we never neglect discipleship that we ourselves learn how to follow Christ. But then second of all, in Luke chapter 9, verses, uh, beginning verse number 1, it says, Then he called his twelve disciples together, and gave them power and authority over all demons, and to cure diseases, and he sent them uh, to preach the kingdom of God, and to heal the sick. And he said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money. Do not have two uh, tunics apiece. 
And uh, whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the uh, very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And so here we find that Christ, he called the disciples and gave them power and authority. And so this was Christ. He invested in discipling the disciples, that he, uh, that he taught them how to obey, how to follow. He gave them instructions for the journey. And this is what you and I should do. We should personally become, uh, be d- disciples of Christ, but we should also disciple others. We should create disciples. And so this is, and I want to make, this, uh, uh, make sure I say this where everybody hears this clearly, it is your responsibility as a believer to create disciples. You are the church. We are the church. It's not just the ministry of the discipleship ministry, although we do have a discipleship team, but it's not just their duty to create disciples. It is your duty personally to create disciples, just as it is your duty to be a disciple of Christ. And I would ask you, maybe that you examine your own heart, your own life, and who is it that you are discipling? Who is it? Many of you, no doubt, discipled your children. Hopefully, some of your grandchildren. But are you discipling someone right now? We want our church to grow. It will not happen until we evangelize and create disciples. There's no substitute. There's no easy way around it. Yes, other churches may have issues and some of their members may leave and come to our church just like some of our members have left and went to other churches through the years but that's not where you really see growth real growth comes when we say we're going to go out evangelize share the gospel and then create disciples who then repeat and go out and create disciples we've all heard each one reach one that's the truth if we would all go out and do this yearly Find a neighbor, find a friend. Uh, you say, oh, nobody ever sees the nurses and doctors. That's fine. Disciple them. Evangelize to them. Find someone in your life that you can begin to nurture in the Word of God, teaching the things of God, and that's how our church moves and goes forward in the future. There's no program, no music leader, no youth pastor, no special outreach that is going to supplant or get us a shortcut to discipleship. This must be our purpose. Be faithful to the gospel. Be faithful to discipleship. And then thirdly, there is another aspect that I think that our church does well. But in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 10. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And so I think there's a third aspect that is part of our church that is part of our purpose, and that is benevolence. That we would do good to all, 
that we try to help those. The truth of the matter is, often people will not care what we have to say until first they know that we care generically. Um, in the Philippines we were there, and, and most foreign missionaries understand this. That when they go into a foreign country, a third world country where they don't know the people, they barely speak the language, the very best way to evangelize and get to reach people is by giving to help meet their physical needs. And when people understand that all of a sudden you care about them as a person, then people will stop and begin to respect you enough to listen to what you have to say. And so our church is excellent. We do a lot of benevolence. Matter of fact, uh, we talked about it this week, we're well over our benevolence budget for the year, and, but we have people coming in, and how do you turn anybody away? And so uh, there may be coming to a point where we have to re-examine that and look at that, but we do a lot of benevolence, and that's good for us to do. And so, um, but we ought to be careful that, and we had this discussion this week, of our benevolence, how many of these people have we led to Christ, have we followed up with, have we seen come to church, and that's why I'm a firm uh, believer and, and we, we're not, that's not our policy now, but in the past, my policy has always been if somebody wants help financially, that's great. Come to church, and at the end of service, we'll give it to you. Not because I'm trying to pack a pew, but because I want somebody to come in and hear the gospel of Christ. The gospel is more important. Uh, it's important that we meet their physical needs, but it's just as important or more important that we meet their spiritual needs. And so um, we, should be, uh, we, we should do good to all. And it says, watch here, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Our benevolence, and I, and I believe this according to Scripture, first of all, our first priority in benevolence should be internally. It should be internally. If we have those in need, especially to those of the household of faith, we ought to care for our own. And that does not mean we don't care for the, those that are outside the church, but we ought to be careful that we, and a lot of times, a lot of churches, and I don't think I've since this at all here at North Etowa, but churches I've been associated with a lot in the past and pastored, uh, sometimes people want to give benevolence, but boy, they get mad if somebody in the church needs it. We don't mind giving it to strangers, but we don't give it to nobody in our church. And, and uh, I know sometimes they, people feel that people take advantage of it, um, but our benevolence should be primarily to our church, those of the faith, but then also to the community. And so our purpose is to preach the gospel, it is to disciple others, and then it is to give so that they may then come that we can give the gospel to them. And so I do believe that benevolence is, a, is an important part of the ministry uh, for any church that we, um, we can see that in Christ's life in his own ministry. Christ was the gospel, was he not? He was a disciple of all disciples. And yet, how many times do we see in Scripture where he saw them without food, hungry? And the Bible says he was moved with compassion. And so we should be people of compassion. And uh, benevolence is one way that we do that. So uh, I think that this is our purpose as a church, that we ought to be faithful to do that. And if we are faithful to the Word of God... We are faithful to our purpose, what God has called us to do. We are sharing the gospel. We're evangelizing uh, and, and we're discipling. Um, we will see the, re we'll reap the rewards of it. The Bible says you reap what you sow. 
We want to reap growth in disciples in our church, and we have to sow discipleship and evangelism. It's pretty simple. If we do it, we reap what we sow, and if we reap or if we sow laziness and slothfulness in these areas, um, then guess what we're going to reap? Uh, we're not going to reap the rewards of it. And so um, I just want to share, as, you know, as we go forward into the future, that we never lose sight of the main thing, keep the main thing the main thing. We have to, um, there are some things that can change. The color of the walls can change. The color of the carpet can change. The preacher's haircut can change. <laughs> but our purpose and the Word of God, there are some things that cannot change. And we have to make sure we're faithful to that.